Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Welcome to another edition of On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I think for this conversation, I'm going to just got to be right out in front. I think I'm going to put my dad hat on um, because I think what Eric Tao and Mega Minds is doing absolutely applies to my kids, their friends, your kids, your students, uh, and the way in which we think about the power of AI, digital environments to combat learning loss, create enhanced or heightened engagement. Uh, of our students and our children. And so with that, I want to introduce Eric Tao. He's the CEO and founder of Megaminds. Eric, how are you today? Good, Rod. How are you? Um, I think to go along those lines, one of, one of the impetuses for, for us to create this platform was the amount of times that I caught my daughter with her head down on the table, not even paying attention during during remote learning. You know, And I think that's probably a story that's echoed across many families in this country, around the world, really. Um, but, but, you know, it, it's, 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 it's sad on the one on the one hand, you know, Zoom was there. It provided the the most immediate, uh, uh, easy way to get into remote learning. But man, does it is it really inefficient for learning, especially especially for younger learners? Yeah, let's tie into that. Let's talk about what, sort of what are the gaps because, of course, you know, we, we want to take the glasses half full. People, companies, innovators have the best of intentions, but you're. I do agree with you that. I saw the same thing from my kids, right? So they sort of cross their arms and put their, you know, their head down and they're either going to fall asleep or they're not. Um, or we saw videos. I don't know. I'm sure you saw these that would kind of circle through the circulate through the internet or the social media where kids were basically gaming the system. So you thought that they were on zoom and they weren't even on zoom. So, you know, young people get it. Um, so you saw that, right? Yeah, listen, I don't blame them. I mean, how can you compete with, uh, uh, you know, in the next browser, they have Roblox open, you know? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, how can you com- compete with that? I, it's funny. I actually have um, high schoolers, actually, that are part of my intern, are on my intern team um, um, for a variety of reasons. But anyways, one of them was telling telling me a story about how his grade suffered during the pandemic. And he literally came out and said, it's because I play Roblox and I had Roblox in the next tab and I did not want to pay attention to, you know, uh, the teacher in this little 16 by nine square, you know, uh, perhaps like the, the, the saddest video that I saw from that time was when none of the students even had their cameras on. And it was the teacher just kind of talking into the black abyss. And that that to me was a really was a, a really sad state of, of uh, an image of a really sad, sad state of what education was like during that time period. So Eric, so you, so as a parent, so you saw what was going on. We both sort of experienced that from different parts of the country. And to your earlier point, this is not unique. This was probably globally uh, experienced. Tell me sort of why. So Megamind, so you said, all right, we're going to do something about this. I, I don't want to take that lightly. Um, as an entrepreneur, as a as a concerned parent and citizen, you know we can all have ideas and let alone opinions. We have, I think, opinions in spade. But it is different when we make the choice to basically incorporate an idea, right, and to take it to that next level. When we do look at an education ecosystem of over seventeen thousand companies globally. Right. And that number is probably outdated right? because it just keeps growing and growing and growing, especially with the amount of money getting dumped into the U.S. education system. So take me back to the decision that you kind of said, you know what, we're going to we're going to take this piece of paper or this whiteboard concept 
and we're going to go forward. What was that like? It's funny. This is actually uh, a longer story than you might be uh, anticipating. <laughs> so this platform did not start as a platform. It actually started as a school idea. So my co-founder uh, is a school principal and she was, um, we put together a proposal for the Imagine Schools um, um I don't know if it's competition, but uh, the New York City where I live, um, the Department of Education had a program called Imagine Schools, and it was a public-private partnership with XQ and Robinhood. And, and the goal of it was to build 20 pilot schools around new styles, new, new ways of learning uh, that they would then implement um, in the DOE. And if it was successful, then replicate across the DOE and, and potentially across the nation. So what we proposed to them was a school based around immersive learning or emerging technologies, immersive learning being one aspect of it, learning with virtual reality, augmented reality, projection mapping, anything really that got the kids learning in an active manner, experientially, socially, um, things that we all know are, that are effective. Um, <clears throat> so we took uh, uh, actually an, uh, another angle to this as well is that the, is that we were going to place this school um, in District 19, which is in East New York uh, in Brooklyn, which is one of the lowest socioeconomic regions in the city, perhaps even in the country. Um, and our thesis behind that was that emerging technologies um, tend to bypass uh, lower income communities, creating further inequality. You know, we saw that with PCs. We saw that with mobile phones. We're going to see that with the metaverse, with the 3D web, with virtual and augmented reality technologies. And our way to combat that inequality was to put a school at a grassroots level where students could learn um, from the earliest grades on up how to use the technology, best practices, how to incorporate it into, into their lives, and, and then partner with businesses and watch the students filter into the community and, and, and be able to, to, to bring that technology and bring those practices into the community. So we got pretty far into the process where we pitched to um, Chancellor Carranza at the time, his his underlings. And this was in March of 2020. So it was about a week. Quite a, quite a telling month. Yeah, about a week before everything shut down. Um, so as far as I know, the project's still not dead. Uh, it's in, been put on indefinitely put on hold. But I turned to my co-founder about a year ago uh, and I said to her, you know, we, we've done all this amazing research. We've done, we did use it. We were doing usability tests with her, some of our students. And we were, you know, we were prepping to, to, to build the school. The, the DOE was interested. They were, they were asking us, how can we implement this? We were past the, will this work phase? And now they were, we were, they were into how can we actually make this a real thing phase? So um, that's when we pivoted and decided to make this a platform um, um, that all students could use. Um, but I think the ethos of, of making this um, an equity play or making this something that, that you know, low-income students or, or under-resourced communities and schools and districts uh, can use is still part of our ethos. And that's where we're going to be piloting, you know, our, 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 our platform. You know, this is, this, it's still who we believe as a company are the users that can get the most out of the platform. Take me into the nuts and bolts of it. So if my, if my child, if my third grader went into Mega Minds, what give me that first experience and why my son's going to come back to me and say, dad, that was such a different 
experience for me. And he lights up like, what's that first sure. entry for him? Like, sure. Well, the first entry point is, and by the way, we just finished our private beta where, uh, you know, we were working with about two dozen students and they were quite literally squealing with delight uh, every time they could <laughs> use the platform. Uh, and some even were asking their teachers to, to do their homework inside Megamind. So the first step, it's it's very akin to playing a virtual world game like Roblox or Minecraft or Fortnite, the things that they're there they, that they that they do on a daily basis, at least my my children and, I'm, I'm, you know, uh, based on Roblox's numbers, over half of American children play. Um, play their game. First step is you go into the world, you pick your avatar, pick any color, you know, skin, shape of their eyes, the, the, the color of their hair, uh, and then enter into the world. And the worlds are essentially gamified social learning platform. That's what we're calling our, our, our platform. Um, it uses, utilizes virtual worlds, 3D teaching tools. Uh, the teachers are able to essentially what we're trying to do is we're making learning more engaging through mobile-friendly, interactive learning experiences that take place in these virtual worlds. So, you know, what we're building are tools for the teachers to uh, easily take their two-day content, things that they use every day in class, YouTube videos, slide decks, uh, photos, and then drop them into a virtual world where the students are then able to experience that content and interact with it as though they're playing a game of Roblox. So in, in, in a sense, we're, we're making our teachers mini learning game creators, if you will. I was going to ask you about that. So talk about the delicate balance, because I would imagine on in any given moment, you could be thinking from a frame of we are creating this from the student's perspective. And the inverse would be we're actually creating the opening or the opportunity, the window in for the educators. So how do you balance that component? Is it around the teacher element and then thinking about the student as the end user, or is it the teacher is the end user and the students are participating in that world? How do you conceptualize that? Well, for us, we, we, the way we think about it is that we, we, we want to solve a problem for the teachers. I mean, the students are already there, you know, that, 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 that problem isn't, isn't it even a problem. They already know it's WASD. They already know that how to, how to navigate their avatars, you know, that the, the, they know the control schemes. It's the, the problem is educating the educators on how to get their content to a place where the students already are. Um, and, you know, that's that's why we're starting with creation tools for teachers uh, to be able to allow them to take the content they already use. They don't have to build any new curriculum or uh, build any new content. The content they already use in their in, in their class that they would use in class, that they would use, uh, you know, on, a, on, a, on on Zoom or whatever, what have you. They're able to just use immediately on the platform. So and poured in and poured in and drag and drop and drag and drop simplicity. Um, um, and, and that, that, so teachers are really are where we're thinking um, um, at the moment. That makes sense. Let, let's talk about a challenge that most in ed tech face, which is that point in time in development of their product service solution where it's a bit of a, a hair raising experience or that's where the anxiety can come in. Because once you have a group that enjoys what you have built, then the requests come, <laughs> you know, Eric, can you add this? Can you add that? Uh, talk a little bit about how you anticipate handling that, um, because I do think that, especially in, I think, healthcare and education are unique in this and that we all want to do the very best for those that are participating within the things that we're building. And so it's really tough sometimes to say no and or to have a product roadmap that makes the most sense that aligns with current needs, but also can forecast effectively into the future. 
Mm-hmm. That's a really good question, and and that's something that we're we're grappling with now, as as far as how we're staffing, you know, how we're staffing up the type of developers that we're hiring. Um, you know, we want to build a tool um, that is effective for teachers. So of course we want to we want to take into all uh, um, uh, take into account all of the requests um, that they may have. Um, Part of how we're going to do that is we're going to build, um, you know, data, data, easily build data collection into our into our platform so that we're able to see, you know, precisely things, things like, you know, when students are, are using the platform, whether it's outside of school, um, whether it's asynchronous or synchronous, um, how, how teachers are using the platform. Um, you know, are they going to are they using it in a synchronous manner? Because it is a versatile platform and, and it can be used one to one. It can be used one to small group. It can be used asynchronously one to many. Um, you know, there's there's many different ways to, to use this platform. And that's quite honestly one of the things we really want to discover with our open beta, which is going to be open this summer, by the way, is how teachers are using the platform. And, you know, what is the most effective way to, you know, to use this platform that the teachers are discovering? And, you know, what is the best student population to use this platform? We have our hypotheses, of course, but, you know, I would, I would love to see, how, I'm really excited to see, you know, when this is out, out there, how it's being used. Um, uh, by teachers. And so let's talk about that. I mean, look, it's, it's, uh, it's a shared experience for entrepreneurs to build it while you're flying. And it sounds like you are, you are, you have, you have lifted off and you are, um, actively building based on the information and the data that you're, you're taking in. So give us a bit of the roadmap over the next nine to 12 months for Megaminds. That's a really good question. So, so we have, like I, like I mentioned, we have a, a, a lot of hypotheses of how the platform can be used. And there are a lot of problems in education right now. Um, and I think our platform can play a role in a lot of them in different ways. First, of course, is student engagement. So if you solve the student engagement problem, you have, you have the ability to solve many, many problems in education, right? Um, one of the things that we're focused on that we're thinking hard about is the problem of learning loss and the widening achievement gaps and remediation. And, and that's a problem that personally, I believe we don't really even have a grasp yet of what this means for the future, what this means for an entire generation of students globally um, that are finding themselves behind. I think younger students are particularly at risk um, because the gaps that they suffered uh, during the pandemic aren't going to go away without some sort of remediation. It's going to follow them, in fact, as they progress through their grades, which is going to result in lower grades. They're not going to be able to get in the schools they want to. They're not going to be able to get the jobs they're going to want to. They're going to, you know, it, it, it's a it's a snowball effect that's going to that's going to really impact this generation. Um, and and one of the things that I think our platform is best is frankly, is best suited towards is, is addressing this. And we can address it in a number of, in, in three major ways. Um, the first way is access, of course. So our, our, our platform is browser-based. It can be it can be used on a cell phone, on an LTE signal. It doesn't, you don't even need Wi-Fi. The second way, the second way is through data. Our virtual worlds are simulations in effect. And that simulate, simulation data can be used to provide insights for teachers uh, about learning behaviors for students about you know how they're interacting with content, how they're interacting with each other. 
Um, uh, in that way, they can personalize their instruction to their students. They use this as a tool to find out more about where those holes may be in the student's learning and use this as a tool to personalize their instruction um, um, for their students to help fill these achievement gaps. And the last way is content. So, you know, uh, once our platform has a critical mass of content, um, the students, the teachers will be able to pick specific areas for the students and, and, and to deliver these worlds to students to, to provide the asynchronous content that teachers need uh, to help get students back up, back up to speed. So that's a long-winded way of saying there are a number of problems that we feel like our platform can address. The most pressing to us or the one of the ones that we're thinking most about now is learning loss recovery and how we can help teachers help fill those achievement gaps that have, that have spread up during the pandemic. So Eric, let's close with this. I think uh, both being dads, I'll take that as our as our our backdrop here. That there's a point in time when you are a first time dad that you realize I'm a parent, <laughs> and we all have different experiences. It could be changing diapers or coming home from the hospital, a million different things. Um, but I also think the same can be said for being an entrepreneur. So how do you think of yourself? And was there one moment that told you, you know what, this is a new day? <laughs> And I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> uh, it's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm not a natural entrepreneur and I've, I've participated in, you know, like I said, like I mentioned at the beginning, you know, we kind of fell into this platform, you know, it, it evolved from an, an earlier concept. And, you know, as a result, I've participated in, you know, a number of uh, incubators and, and accelerators uh, to really learn that aspect of it, to really learn, you know, okay, so how do, what, what is the whole process of building a business? Uh, and, and, and it's, it's really funny because, uh, you know, in, in, in ed tech, you know, founders tend to be more uh, mission driven. They tend to be more mature. They tend to be more product focused. Um, I, I participated in, in an incubator that was uh, more general. And, and, you know, I would say the majority of the founders that were part of it were, you know, in their mid twenties, you know, some maybe even in their early 20s and talking about how they've wanted to be a founder since they were 14 years old. And, you know, and, and you know, this is the only thing I've ever wanted to do. And it's, you know, these are all, of course, I'm describing generational differences here. You know, like this is the idea of starting a tech company and, 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 and running one didn't even occur to somebody my age, um, you know. Um, so there have been a number of moments along this journey where I've where I've been like, you know, oh, OK, so this is what it means to run a company. Um, you know, and, and I, all I can say is it's a, it's a, it's a real roller coaster and, you know, you may go from, you know, feeling at the low point and, 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 and looking up and going, how am I going to get out of this pit to the next week being informed? Like last week we were informed that we were finalist or a semi-finalist for the Cisco uh, global problem solver challenge, which, which, you know, which Amazing. was, which was, which was, which was incredible, you know, and, uh, so then you feel like, okay, we're really onto something and we, you know, we can, you know, somebody, you know, validation is a big part of it, whether it comes from something like being recognized by a challenger, whether it comes from, you know, a venture capitalist being interested in, in, in providing seed capital, you know, or, or talking to a, a, a superintendent who, who, who sees an angle that they can use your platform to use for, say, you know, uh, uh, autistic, their autistic pop, uh, student population. So, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 a major roller coaster ride and and you know it, for me though it, it it's they're all learning moments that 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 you pick up along the way and and hopefully that you're able to store and use in, at later times
Well, I experienced you, Eric, as a very genuine human being that is doing this for the right reason. So I, I hope that the audience goes and checks out uh, Megaminds. Where can they go? Uh, what's the URL, Eric? GoMegaminds.com. GoMegaminds.com. Well, we want to wish Eric Tao and the folks at Megaminds all the success along the journey that that can be the roller coaster. It sounds like you're positioned quite well to impact not just my kids, but kids across the country and hopefully the world. We want to thank Eric Tao, the CEO and founder of Megaminds. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.